Good evening and welcome to the Snake River Lib podcast. It's the 27th of May. It's not Wednesday. And uh, um, since I'm going to be going off to camp in a week, I'm not going to make any apologies for that anymore. But the main reason that I did not do the podcast yesterday was that so many things are coming out now that it's nothing but uh, yesterday would have been nothing but a rant. So I need to just back off of that for a bit. Still pretty upset about quite a few things. We're going to cover some of those here uh, tonight. But thank you so much for taking the time to listen. And I hope that you enjoy it. Pass it on if you like. Um, We're going to begin and probably spending a good deal, at least the first half, if not more, uh, of the podcast tonight talking about um, covid We've got a lot of issues that are going on with COVID right now. Of course, they're doing a lot of uh, questioning of little Lord Fauci out on the, down in the uh, Senate and uh, regarding um, certain issues, because I don't know if you've noticed or not, but the, the mainstream media now has seemed to accept the fact that, that there's at least an equal possibility that the COVID virus came from a lab as opposed to um, natural jump from animals to humans, which was first espoused. I mean, it's can be, it's be, we've come complete circle now that Facebook is not tagging anymore uh, or, or censoring is a better term uh, stories regarding the possibility of this being a lab issue. Now, little Lord Fauci has a lot at stake here. And the reason he has is because the National Institutes of Health, while not directly funding the Wuhan Lab of Virology, they funded a third-party contractor, uh, gave grants to a third-party contractor to hand out there. And, of course, the conditions are that there be no gain of function or making the virus even worse than it already is. But the problem is, is we don't know what happened. If the lab is somehow connected, then we have some significant problems. One, we know, uh, I reported on this, uh, the Australian uh, newspaper in Australia reported that that uh, the Chinese, uh, the People's Liberation Army, uh, which is the enforcement arm of the Communist Chinese Party, or the Chinese Communist Party, um, has been working for at least five or six years with uh, respiratory viruses to make, turn them into weapons. Now, UN defines weapons of mass destruction is chemical warfare, nuclear warfare, or bio-warfare. And so even though China may not be creating nukes, which we all laugh at, we do know that a bio-weapon is capable, is categorized as a weapon of mass destruction. And we know that People's Liberation Army have been working with scientists to do that. And so that brings us back to the lab. Were they working on gain of function? Of course, little Lord Fauci says that um, that the 
studies that they have received as a result as a result of their grants show no indication of doing any gain of function uh, research. But we have to remember that the Chinese, the Communist Party, see no issue with lying to the West. Uh, you know, Washington Post reported, of course, just recently that that in 2019, November, that three workers at the Wuhan lab were hospitalized with COVID-like symptoms. No explanation given. Um, that this continued on in November and December. Now, remember, this is very important because the WHO has conducted an investigation. Of course, they weren't allowed to actually see anything. And so their investigation was inconclusive. And the Chinese love inconclusive because that's something, you know, they don't have to directly lie about it. But at the same time, it, it muddies the water enough that there are propagandists in the in big tech, Facebook, Twitter, etc., as well as the mainstream media. Um, can just can say, see, there's no proof. And of course, that's not what the reports say. The reports say that it's inconclusive that they were not allowed access to the lab. They were not allowed access to the records of those early victims to be able to know exactly uh, what it was that they uh, contracted. So little Lord Fauci feels like we have no reason to distrust the people receiving this money from the National Institute of Health, which means your taxpayer dollars quite possibly regardless of what uh, Fauci says, quite possibly funded this pandemic. We know that Taiwan reported in December of 2019 that the coronavirus could transmit human to human. The WHO was vehemently denying this. Remember, the WHO, even though the United States is the largest contributor to the WHO, uh, for some reason, China controls it. And so the WHO, through all the way through late until late January, was adamant that the coronavirus could not pass human to human, even though they had information because Taiwan gave it to them. That it could. And I'm just going to take a, a just a moment here about Taiwan and talk about John Cena, the uh, wrestler turned actor, turned maybe politician. Um, he made some comments regarding Taiwan as a country. And he found out that, that when you say things that are contrary to the will of the Chinese Communist Party, you're going to get slammed. And unlike his persona, which is one bad hombre, uh, he crumpled like a little wuss and apologized profusely. Now, here's the deal. China considers Taiwan a province. The world, because they acquiesced to China, consider China, uh, Taiwan a province. However, 
while we may say that officially, the United States has deals with Taiwan in regards to military hardware sales as, as, as also in protection agreements where we have agreed to come to Taiwan's defense in the event of an attack by China. That doesn't sound to me like we consider Taiwan a province of China. And the fact that, you know, the fact that um, China blew up its treaty with the British over Hong Kong should tell us all we need to know about China. You know, in the, um, this course I had, not this, not in spring, but in the fall, talking about foreign policy. And I advanced very early on that, that really beginning in 1989 with the Tiananmen Square incident, while the United States has been working very hard to try to integrate China into the economic community, and we can largely be blamed, the government and the large corporations, for giving China the, making China the economic powerhouse that it is. In reality, we have been, or China has been fighting a Cold War with us all the while while they were playing us economically. Of course, I routinely in the discussion boards uh, was slammed for indicating that we could be in a Cold War with China. But make no mistake, we are. Whether we choose to realize it or not is irrelevant. The fact that our current leadership in the White House is, is bent on, on advancing the China position regardless of its impact on the United States. But we'll get back to some more of that here in a little bit. Let's continue on. Um, actually, we're going to stop looking at the clock. Take a few minutes. Uh, be right back. And we'll continue on because I do have a whole ton of COVID stuff to talk about, but that's not all. So I'll be right back. And we're back. Um, let me see if I can knock out some of the rest of this COVID stuff. Like I said, again, there's there's big problems if somehow the Wuhan lab is tied to uh, the release of the virus. A little, a lot of problems for little Lord Fauci. You know, this guy is a pencil pusher. We, we, we give him all this respect, but yet there are tons of people out there, in the private sector and in universities, that are doing remarkable work on uh, viruses and and uh, epidemics and such. And so, in reality, we have to remember that more than anything else, so-called. Well, he is a doctor. I shouldn't say so-called. That's incorrect that Dr. Fauci is a pencil pusher. He is a bureaucrat, a dweller of the swamp, who cares more about his job and his power than he does about the safety of the United States, or the world for that matter. And of course, with the possibility of that lab being the source of the coronavirus, Fauci is looking all over the place for a place to hide. Um, he's out there right in the open, but if you listen to his words, 
Um, they're all as if a lawyer had written them. To say something or to say nothing while appearing to say something. But let's move on from Little Lord Fauci. I mentioned that there's a lot of work being done in universities. And of course, these universities receive grants, often from the National Institute of Health. Um, but are we paying attention to them? Now, Dr. Scott Atlas, who outed, I believe, at Stanford, uh, was an advisor for President Trump. Um, he was somebody who was a specialist in this. And yet, you know, of course, he was just because of his his alternative to bureaucrat Fauci. Um, he has been shunned and and attempted to discredit by the mainstream media. Well, here's another one, Dr. Marty McCary, who is a, a, a doctor specializing in these things at Johns Hopkins University. Not exactly uh, some podunk backwater university when it comes to research. And he's been saying for months that we would achieve herd immunity by April. Well, he's just come out recently pointing out that there's no need to vaccinate someone who has already had COVID. Of course, uh, this is being ignored by the mainstream media. Um, you know, bureaucrat Fauci himself added, uh, has say, stated that his mask wearing was political theater, even though he didn't say it in those words. But uh, another study, uh, University of uh, Louisville, uh, suggests that um, masks, speaking of masks, that these masks did not in any way slow the progress of the pandemic. Um, that's the conclusion from the study. Also another study, you know, like I said, lots of studies being done outside of bureaucrat Fauci's uh, direct control other than the original grants. Um, a Yale study has suggested that that even months after having contracted the, the coronavirus, people uh, who did contract it still seem to have the, the, the deep memories in their immune system for that. And so they do not really even need to be vaccinated, which brings us around to uh, my favorite Senator Rand Paul, who is frequently a target of uh, progressives, mainly because he advocates limited government and maximum freedom. Uh, but, but you know, he's had all sorts of comments. And, of course, he came out and said he's not getting the vaccine because he doesn't. Now, people forget that Senator Rand Paul is also Dr. Rand Paul, M.D. and ophthalmologist and, and a surgeon to boot. So to think that he's completely ignorant on these kind of issues is erroneous. In fact, I would probably put his knowledge up against uh, bureaucrat Fauci's any day. Uh, you know, this is common knowledge. You know, if you've had the chicken pox, do you get the chicken pox vaccine? No. You know, it's the same thing. And this Yale study uh, seems to suggest that for coronavirus, that that is included as well. But like I said, we have a lot to talk about besides 
um, the coronavirus, and it's unfortunate that that uh, we're still here. The Senate, by the way, voted unanimously to um, declassify all documents, including the State Department investigation that was uh, canceled by President Biden into the origin of the coronavirus. Now they're just going to do a study where probably the WHO tells us uh, what to what the results will be. Um, but let's talk about, uh, I mentioned something about China and business dealings and why China may have uh, Chairman Joe in their pocket. New York Post is reporting, uh, continuing reporting on Hunter Biden's emails from the recovered laptop uh, that indicate that even though Chairman Joe flat stated that he has never had any involvement with uh, his son's international businesses. The truth is not nearly what Chairman Joe's made it out to be. The truth is, according to these emails, that Hunter and then Vice President Joe Biden, (coughs) excuse me, Sorry about that. That they met and dined with some rather shady characters regarding some of Hunter's business dealings. Now, of course, we know this already from um, uh, Bob Alinsky. Uh, he was a former business partner with Hunter who revealed all of this information, including emails that he had. Um, to push the investigation forward. And just as a reminder, this investigation was squashed by Twitter, by Facebook, and by the mainstream media just weeks before the November election. Um, All this information was out there. They just chose not to look for it because of their derangement uh, syndrome, the Trump derangement syndrome. Mainstream media didn't want to do their jobs. Um, So, as sitting vice president, then Vice President Biden met with some of Hunter's business partners. We know that Chairman Joe, when he was vice president, went over and demanded the Ukraine president fire the special prosecutor that was looking into Burisma, which is, of course, the company that uh, Hunter Biden sat on the board of. And we know this because he has bragged about it. Now, what Chairman Joe bragged about in his being tough with Ukraine is the exact same stuff that President Trump was impeached for the first time around. Um, no direct smoking gun evidence there, unlike the Biden issue, who Biden uh, stated that he put the gun figuratively to the Ukrainian president's head. But we digress. I want to talk about a few other things while we're there. Uh, Part of Chairman Joe's budget, which is dropping this weekend, uh, so you know the fact that they're dropping it on a on a 
on a holiday weekend where nobody cares about politics, that there's going to be a lot of stuff in there that would probably indicate that people earning less than $400,000 a year will be taxed. One of those things, when we dig into the details of it, will be a carbon tax. And, of course, the carbon tax hurts the poor more than hurts anybody else. And I don't care how you wrap that carbon tax up, whether you have corporations pay for it or not, whether you have electric companies pay for it or not. The bottom line is if you shut coal plants down, or even natural gas, because natural gas, by the way, fossil fuel, uh, you show, shut these plants down, energy rates are going to skyrocket. And all the while we're doing that, of course, we're going to cripple the grid by putting in electric cars, putting electric cars out by the millions. You know, the grid can't handle just what it is in certain parts of the country. And you're going to add on top of that electric cars and everything electric yeah good luck with that um also there's been a lot of hearings uh, regarding some biden nominees including i believe it's david chipman um let me just confirm that he is the nominee to be the director of the uh, bureau of alcohol tobacco and firearms he's been on the uh all sorts of committees to get guns banned. He admitted forthright in hearings that he would ban, that that would be his choice. Now, reminder, rifles, not just the, the so-called assault rifle. Even though the DOJ did a study of, of President Clinton's ban of sales of those rifles, um, the DOJ did a study and found that it had absolutely no impact on crime. But putting that aside for a second, he, he, of course, Mr. Chipman challenges that study. But he thinks it's a terrible weapon and terribly lethal. It's designed to kill. Well, no freaking crap. It's a gun. I mean, while some pistols and rifles... Uh, mostly of 22 caliber designed for sports, you know, sport, you know, target shooting and, and such. A 22 long rifle cartridge placed properly can kill somebody. Guns are lethal. They're meant to be lethal. They are the great equalizing force. They're the great equalizing force, whether when the NRA started, whether it was to be used to arm blacks against the Klan and other Democrats in the South, which was why the NRA claims before the NAACP that they are the first civil rights organization. Whether it's arming blacks to present, protect themselves from the Klan and Democrats, or whether it's today where a handgun is the great equalizer for those who are um, not as strong in stature, whether they are women, whether they are men, it doesn't matter. Handguns in particular are the great equalizers. And handguns, far and large, are, are the largest 
account for the largest number of deaths by firearms. Rifles, on the other hand, more people are stabbed. I think four times as many people are stabbed a year by knives, stabbed to death, than than killed by rifles. And I believe, um, I'm not looking it up now, but even uh, blunt objects such as a hammer or a baseball bat are used to kill more people than rifles. All rifles combined, not just semi-automatic, not just scary-looking assault, so-called assault rifles, but all rifles combined are less than that. If that's mistaken, I will, I will look it up after I'm done recording, but and I'll put it in. If you don't see anything in the description uh, that says that no, blunt objects are not used more frequently than rifles, then that's because I checked it out. And the DOJ statistics show that more people are killed by blunt objects than by rifles. But this guy wants to ban them. He wants to ban any rifle that has a, a detachable cartridge or magazine. And so that is a whole slew of rifles. And of course, they're not going to stop there. He wants a national registry. He's not only going to ban the sale of those and manufacture those rifles uh, if he wants, but he also wants to be able to come in and take them from you or you have to pay a very heavy tax for it. But just as a little history, this guy, you know, he, when he served... Uh, in ATF as an agent. Guess where he was? He, he was at Waco, violating the rights of people who were minding their own business, the Branch Davidians. If you remember right, it was the ATF that went in and, and, and blew up the Branch Davidian compound. Yep, he was there for that. He has later said... That's one of the reasons why they had to act was because the Branch Davidians shot down two Texas Air National Guard helicopters, which is a lie. Shocking, isn't it? Um, they should ask him about that. They won't. But it's unfortunate that you have nominees like this. So apparently, you know, I used to have this thing, feeling that perhaps... Um, all Chairman Joe cared about was making sure all the intersectional uh, boxes were checked regarding his cabinet, where he doesn't give a flying flip about the, the quality of the individuals, because the only quality that mattered to Chairman Joe was sex, race, ethnicity, orientation, and whether or not you were trans. A combination of those things. The more of those that you could check off, the better. The only thing I can think of with, with Chipman is, because he's a white male, is that his radical views on gun control um, qualify him to oversee what could be the dismantling of the Second Amendment. It's tragic, really. Um, I mentioned the, the intersectional uh, choices made. I can't go without talking about how there's a huge revolt against critical race theory 
across the country as school districts and such. Um, critical race theory, of course, as a reminder, is where you own a store. This is an actual example used, by the way, to describe it. You own, you're white, you own a store, a white man and a black man walk in. If you serve the black man first, you're racist because the reason you're serving him is to get him out of the store so they don't steal anything. And if you serve the white man first, it's because you think the white man is better than the black person, black man. And so should be served first because he's white. So no matter what you do, you're racist. And that is critical race theory. Coming soon, if not already in a, a an elementary or secondary school or college, certainly it's been college for years, um, near you. Individuals don't matter to these people, my friends. That's why the Snake River Lib does the podcast. Okay, the, the smallest minority, the most unprotected minority is the minority of one, the individual, where you're judged not by your sex, race, ethnicity, things you have no control over, but where you should be held to account by your actions. So Snake River Lib, taxation is theft, but to ease the, ease the feelings of some, taxation is theft if it is the process of taxing one to give to someone else. And a reminder, almost 50% of Americans pay no federal income tax today. So we've already crossed that tipping point where, where effective and necessary cuts and reforms can be done because the majority of the people will ensure that those things never happen. It's the Snake River Lip. Good night.